You're listening to Coach Talk, a podcast about coaching for improvement in health and social care. Here you will meet several international experts and coaches to discuss challenges, opportunities, models and tools that might be useful when you coach others to make improvements. Okay, and welcome back to our podcast. And today I will have a dialogue with Professor Paul Batalden. And today we are talking about resistance when you are making changes and trying to improve health or social care. A lot of people are a bit afraid or they, they just meet resistance and we get the questions, what should we do and how can we prevent it and yeah, how should we handle it? So um, let me first introduce who is here in the studio with me. Paul, can you tell me? Sure. So I'm uh, a guest uh, professor here at Yon Shipping Academy and uh, an emeritus uh, professor at uh, the Dartmouth Institute for Health and uh, um, Health Policy and Clinical Practice. Yeah, and um, I am Nicolina Wackerberg and I'm development leader at Culturum. And very nice to have you here, Paul. So um, this, this part of resistance, what is resonating in your mind when, when you get the word resistance? Well, it's changed <laughs> over time. When I was... Um, much younger and trying to make changes when I encountered resistance, I, I uh, tried to increase uh, the power of what I was doing in some way, either by making my voice louder or by figuring out some uh, way to uh, try to uh, convince people about uh, what I had said by saying it again or something uh, stupid like that. And so I, I, uh, I've learned over time that um, that's not a very smart way to respond to resistance. Um, isn't it? Isn't it when, when you will come with new facts and you, louder voice and you, uh, we need to do it uh, and you tell me no, that it's not the, the the best way? Well, I've, I've just come to understand that um, resistance or the expression of resistance by uh, someone can be thought of as a signal, as a, as a, a message. And that uh, signaling or that message sending um, is something of a gift because it invites us to to pause and to uh, ask ourselves, so what's going on here? Uh, how, 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 how might it be that a smart person has responded to my invitation, which I thought was so clever, uh, and they've said basically, no, I don't think we should do that. And so when that person says that, instead of trying to fight it, I um, have begun to uh, use that signal as uh, a signal to open me up to reframing what it was I was doing originally. So you are not trying to convince people, you are trying to understand what, what the resistance, what it means. Yeah. Um, and, and it's a quite nice way that you say, I see it as a gift. 
because most people see it as oh my goodness now now the resistance is coming yeah yeah well i think that um in any situation that we're trying to change if we are going if we are trying to go from the current situation to a new situation there are some forces that are natural forces that are helping us move in that direction and there are some forces that are resisting that movement holding us back yeah, yeah. and and it's Kurt Lewin uh, suggested that that um, these can be thought of as fields or groups of forces that that are in uh, always in operation, and um, if we're going to try to move from the present to a new situation, it helps us to try to understand what those forces are, which ones are the natural ones that are encouraging, and which ones are the are the ones that are trying to hold it back. Okay, because I met some coaches and students and they are wondering what did I do wrong because they are meeting this resistance. But in a way you said you don't do anything wrong, it's a signal and it's a normal signal. Yeah, I think that um, this uncertainty about what is uh, not um, known um, is a natural uh, um, thing that happens as we are working on the edge of what we know. Um, there is, of course, um, a huge ocean of um, things that are out there that um, we could know about, but we don't. And uh, at the edge, between what we know and what we don't know yet, is a zone of uncertainty and the questions that we have right there, uh, right at the edge, are, are really helpful. So when people say, well, I'm not sure, or I don't really think so, or um, they, they're basically saying, well, how do we know what you're talking about? How might we test that? And that, that uncertainty, that testing right at the edge of what we know is actually the way we build more knowledge. And so I think it's such a powerful way to think about uh, uh, the gift that comes when we start to turn our attention to building the knowledge we don't yet have. Yes, so as a coach, um, you, you are coming in this part of uncertainty or your group is coming in this part of uncertainty. And because you are in that field, things are going, uh, there is a dynamic and not all, all people like to be uncertain. So you can have a bit of feeling of, oh, I can't control my group now because yeah, uh, yeah. yeah they are questioning so much and I don't have the answers. And so how, how could you strengthen the coach and the group in this outside of the comfort zone? Well, I mean, my sense is that um, the coach uh, who is curious is the coach that is better prepared. Um, and so the signal of the question or the signal of the resistance is in some ways an invitation to the use of curiosity to figure something out. And so somebody is saying, well, I don't quite agree or I'm, I'm worried if we were to go that way uh, to, 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 to explore that, to, to, to try to figure out, well, what might we lose or what, 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 what might be um, 
making for uh, uncertainty for you, what, what's the question that you actually have about that? And, and that question, pushed a little harder, is actually um, potentially a way to build a knowledge that we haven't had before. And, and uh, uh, so I, I think that um, curiosity is one of the greatest gifts that the coach brings to um, helping uh, another group of people um, make a change. So in a way you are saying there is a gift of resistance, but I think that you're also saying I'm very happy to get feedback. I'm, I'm happy to get a reaction. Mm -hmm. um, so the way to, to take feedback and, and not to immediately go in defense, but, yeah, but yeah. be curious the whole time. What's the behind the question? Or what's behind the feedback? Yeah, and, and uh, uh, this uh, invitation to reframe things is, is so fundamental as, as uh, uh, you're on a journey of change because you encounter things that uh, you have to work your way around. And, and uh, that reframing is, a, is a, uh, I think, a natural kind of a thing uh, once you once you start to think a little bit about it uh, um, I remember as a as a boy I, I stuttered and um, when I stuttered I was in a conversation with somebody and then I a word uh, I, I, I came up with a word that had a blocked sound and the task for me was to was to keep the conversation going, but come up with a different word that would uh, not have a blocked sound in it. And so um, I didn't know it then, but what I was really learning was reframing as a boy because it was it, it was necessary for me in order to carry on the conversation yes. uh, and to get around the stuttering. Mm -hmm. And it's a little like that when you meet resistance, there's a, a block of some kind, and that, that's an invitation to reframe. Well, the reframing might actually be a way of giving even greater insight into what's happening mm. and what's, what's at work here. So you mean you are using other words to say the same thing? Yeah, either other words, or you're, you're, you're now modifying the change to address the, the concerns that somebody has as you, mm. as you go forward, because you're, uh, uh, you've built more knowledge of the situation by, because of the invitation from the resistance. Yeah, and sometimes you tell me uh, you can reframe, but you can also use the different languages. Yeah. Um, so, so could you help me once more again? What was this about the different languages? Yeah, so uh, my sense is that um, the uh, language we use to describe a system comes in many families. There's many families of language that can be used to describe a system. You can use um, a, a mechanical uh, uh, language, uh, and then you're looking at sort of the, the way things happen in time and the logistics and so on. And uh, um, if and, and order, the, the orderliness of a system, of a mechanically described system, is what jumps out of uh, 
the use of that language. And somebody might say as a, a resistance comment, well, I think what you're really doing is you're just disrupting things. And you're not, uh, you don't have a proper value on how uh, important orderliness is in the system. Or you might use language like economic language. And there, um, somebody might say that uh, uh, this, is, this is gonna add waste to what we're yeah. doing. And what, what you're trying to do is to understand the, um, uh, who, who are the customers or who benefits from what's going on here in this system? What are the uh, costs in relationship to those benefits? And, and how do we begin to understand the um, uh, value of something to, to improve it in some way? Well, um, the language of resistance might be, I think this is just gonna add cost. This is gonna add waste to what we're doing. And so we could then explore, well, how is value created in this situation? Or how is benefit actually measured to the person who receives the benefit of this service? So, so the language clues you can turn uh, around and use as um, a point of further inquiry or further questioning that, that will allow you to build knowledge you haven't had before of the very change you're trying mm -hmm. to introduce. It's always very clever to ask how, how could we measure that we are yeah. in the right way. So yeah. if it's the cost or if it's something else, yeah. um, th that's the, the model of improvements. Yeah. That should be yeah. every coach. But I think sometimes we, we forget that. Yeah. So th those three questions just in the model of improvement is yeah. very helpful. Yeah, of course. Whatever. Of course. Um, what I also was thinking about when we have this complaining in the resistance, people are complaining, complaining, complaining. Um, you could also change it around. What do you want instead? Not, uh, not, not go down with the resistance. Because sometimes the, the, the coaches are telling me we are drowning because people are so negative about this change. And, and the coaches are also going down. So you, you have to be very careful. Don't, go, don't be one with the resistance. Well, I think that the, um, the complaint for me is an invitation uh, to building. If I, if I don't understand as a coach what the what 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 is behind the complaint, that's an invitation for me to ask. So, well, in what way uh, is this a problem? Or help me understand that problem. I don't I don't quite get it. Um, and so, my curiosity mm. about uh, what is behind the conclusion. That has led to the complaint how, uh, is 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 what gives me uh, a way of looking at what I'm talking about that I haven't had before. May I challenge you? Of course, please. Uh, if I have a group, they say we don't have the time to, to sit yeah. down. We, we can't find the time yeah. for making improvements, yeah. and there is no time. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think that uh, if we work on things that uh, aren't very important to us. Um, we uh, think our time is being wasted. Or when uh, we have very complicated ways of trying to make a change, uh, people are tired of going through long, dreary methods. 
But I think the truth is that um, we seem to have the time to fix what doesn't work. So um, if we really care about making the uh, uh, particular thing happen. So uh, we, we spend lots of time actually coping with the, a system that uh, we might need to redesign and actually save some time. So, or we could turn it around and say, well, I agree, we, we shouldn't waste any of our time. Um, how might we test a change um, that, would, uh, that would save us time? And uh, start by reframing the, the, the complaint into a challenge that we might address together. Mm. Now you did something else. Yeah. You were rolling with resistance. Yeah. Because you were telling, oh, I agree. Yeah. And th that's also some kind of, yeah. um, to, to make it more open. Yeah, well, it, it, you can say that I agree uh, without deeply agreeing, or you can say that I agree and then actually be curious about what's yeah. going on. Yeah. Yeah. And so it becomes very important, the language that the coach uses, that the coach doesn't uh, uh, use um, um, uh, words that suggest that the, that the coach is just sort of trying to uh, humor somebody along and not, and, not, and not really agree with what's going on. And so I think there's, a, there's an important question of honesty here, of sort of yes. saying what is, what is actually the situation yeah. so yeah. that it's... Well, you, you're always learning me. There are two key parts in coaching. It's the honesty and it's the curiosity. Yeah, yeah, is, yeah. is there a third part or is this, is this the basic in coaching? Well, there's, there's honesty, there's curiosity. I think there's a, a, a deep um, understanding that it is the people uh, who are always important here. And, and the temptation, of course, is once we start to look at a system or once we look at a process or once we look at the way a, an organization functions, we can get very preoccupied with the policies or the various things. But um, David Leach, a friend of mine, said, but, but Paul, it's the people that are the most important. Hmm. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. Um, it's the people. So, so if, if you start in your own, or maybe with two persons, or maybe three, um, the risk of resistance is bigger than if you start with the big group. Yeah. Yeah, so basically this, there's this very interesting um, phenomenon that uh, this Swedish neurophysiologist, David Ingvar, said many years ago, and he said that uh, we, we, we create uh, memories of the future uh, to help us take more rapid action. And one of the interesting things is uh, we do that without thinking. If we have to pick up milk on the way home, we think about the way we will go past the store to get the milk. But if it's a group of people, it's much harder to d create a memory of the future. Yes. And so people have developed systematic ways to help groups do that. And that's what happens with scenario-based planning, where you give people a story and, they, and, and, and a, a, a dilemma, and they, and they must think about how they're going to uh, anticipate how they will respond to this situation. And, 
it gives people a chance to have a conversation about a potential source of resistance or, or a problem. Oh, this is also nice linking to another podcast. It's a podcast who is um, talked. I talked to Karen, and she's talking about simulation. Mm. Uh, th this is about Precisely. the same. Uh, Precisely. So make some Precisely. kind of simulations of the future. Yes, and as you do that, you you must use a story. The reason you use a story or or something that is uh, that catches people's imagination yeah. uh, is that the the situation. Uh, is is uh, a way that invites people out of their habit and into uh, a, a fresh way of thinking about it. Mm. Okay, so if we are going to sum up this um, gift of resistance, yeah. uh, then we have been talking about the reframing. Yeah. Uh, we have been talking about the positive side to, to see the, the resistance and not uh, something very big and troublemaking. Yeah. Uh, and in the end we say, well, you can do with sim some kind of simulation, you can also make it more humble, more easy to do, because it's not real. So yeah. just let do a test. Yeah. Is there something more you want to add? or? Well, I think uh, for me, uh, it, I mean, resistance is a signal. Yeah. And what should we do in response to the signal? And if we think of a signal as hiding it, or a signal of making it more visible and then doing something about it, that's really what I, that's the territory that I want to get at. Good, good. Thank you so much. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you. This podcast is made by Kulturum Design and Learning Center in Sweden.